today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. They need the Word of God to be like fire. They need the Word of God to be like a hammer. Yeah, but they're, they're going to get up and walk out. Fine. The wounds of a friend are faithful, but an enemy multiplies kisses. They might resent it initially, but they'll so appreciate it eventually. And conversely, if you don't do that, they might appreciate it initially. Thank you, Pastor. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Have you noticed preachers and prophets who offer messages of comfort? The reason for this is because much of the world feels unstable. Pastor J.D.'s message today highlights the danger of false prophets who present ideas that people like to hear rather than speaking the truth found in God's Word. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually, verse 17, say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall befall you or come upon you. It's all good. Peace. Here's Jeremiah over here. Repent these prophets, relax. Why are you so uptight? I know Jeremiah's over there saying doom, gloom, judgment. Now relax. Nothing evil is going to come upon you. It's not going to happen. Peace, peace, when there's no peace. They're misleading the people. They're lying to the people. (laughs) You know what's sad? This is what's heard from many a pulpit today. Again, I just would kindly ask that you bear with me on this. These who do this, want people to like them. Um, Why else would a pastor say, hey, it's okay, relax. I know there's this guy on the windward side of Oahu that is telling you that it's coming, this is it, this is the end. Relax. And I'm up here screaming and yelling and spitting on everybody in the front row. You gotta know, and we're gonna see that here shortly, but you gotta know that Jeremiah is just, he's alone. He's alone. There are some who estimate how many of these false prophets there were. But 
whatever number you come up with, it was that number to one. So let's just say 5,000. What, isn't that a high number? Not necessarily. 5,000 of these other ministries are saying the same thing. Ah, you shall have peace. (laughs) No evil shall come upon you. 5,000, and you're the only one getting up there saying, No! It's coming. It's coming. This is it. Only one. Well, verse 18, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? Behold, watch this, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, a violent whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days you will understand it perfectly. Now this is not speaking about the last days. This is speaking about in the end, Judah, you'll realize, oh wow, but here's the problem, it'll be too late. There's such a thing as too late. There's a time called too late. And when you realize that, too late. Because, see, what they said would not come, will come. And not only will it come, God's fury, that they told everyone, no, it's not going to come. No, it will come. And it will come violently and swiftly as a hot whirlwind. And you'll see, but it'll be too late by the time you do. Verse 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. (laughs) They ran with it, as we would say. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But, verse 22, if they had stood in my counsel, and it caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. That just, that comports with what we just read. They would not turn from their evil and turn from their wicked, had these false pastors and shepherds and prophets and priests just declared the Word of God, they would have turned. They would have turned and been saved, but you didn't. You didn't tell them what they needed to hear, you told them what they wanted to hear, and you ran with it. They would have turned from their evil and from the evil of their doings. Am I, verse 23, a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone, verse 24, hide himself in secret places, so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Write a book, write a book. 
Do a YouTube video. Do a YouTube video. How long, verse 26, will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of of the deceit of their own heart, who try, watch this, to make my, my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. The prophet, verse 28, who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Oh, that's interesting. You know what chaff is, right? It's all fluff and no substance. That's what this is. Oh, the vision, the dream, the, hey, let me share with you this. Where's the beef? Where's the wheat? Where's the substance? This is all fluff. It's chaff. Here's the problem with chaff. You can eat a lot of it. You will never be nourished. You'll die because it has no nutrients. Wheat does. That's the word. Is not my word, verse 29, like a fire? Oh yes it is, says the Lord. Uh, Oh yes it is, is in the original, that was the JDV. (laughs) It's not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You know what God's saying through the prophet Jeremiah here? My word is like a fire. What does a fire do? Oh it can burn or warm, consume or refine. That's how powerful fire is, and His Word is like that fire. Sometimes we need to be burned. Sometimes we need to be warmed. Well, God's Word does that. How about a hammer? Think about this. You can either break or build with a hammer. Sometimes that's what God's Word needs to do. It needs to break our pride and build us up in the Spirit. It's like a hammer. So (laughs) they were not speaking the Word faithfully, and as such they were robbing the people of the power of God's Word as a fire and a hammer to warm, to refine, to build. One more thing real quick on this. So if you've been attending this church for any length of period of time or watching online, you've probably noticed this by now. I know this is a firm grasp of the obvious, but we teach the Word here. Do you know what has happened as a result of the fire of God's Word and the hammer of God's Word and the wheat the nourishing wheat of God's Word. Oh wow. Oh wow. And you want to rob people of that? Let me ask you a question. Let's just say that you've got a fluff and puff, splash and flash, that all rhymed, didn't it, message, you know, that's just real, you know, relax. God loves you. It's all good. Peace peace. 
because we want you to come back. Well, what are you going to do about the person that's sitting under that and listening to that who is dealing with a life and death situation? And you're up there, you'll forgive the strength with which I say this, but you're up there with your cotton candy Christianity. They need the Word of God to be like fire. They need the Word of God to be like a hammer. Yeah, but they're, they're going to get up and walk out. Fine! The wounds of a friend are faithful, but an enemy multiplies kisses. They might resent it initially, but they'll so appreciate it eventually. And conversely, if you don't do that, they might appreciate it initially. Thank you, Pastor. But eventually, why didn't you tell me? They're going to resent you. You must not love me. Or you love yourself. That's called self-love. Because if you really loved me, you would have fed me. You would have spoke the truth to me. We speak the truth in love, but we speak the truth because we love. If you didn't love someone, you wouldn't bother, would you? Am I right? Don't look at me like that. Am I right? You're going to tell someone the truth. Why? You're going to risk the relationship. Why? Put it in jeopardy. Why? Because you love them enough to tell them. Listen, if I, if I don't love you, I'm not going to tell you, hey, you got spinach on your teeth. I'm just going to laugh at you and let you go on your merry way. <laughs> no, but I love you enough. Hey, you got spinach on your teeth. Now, that's a horrible illustration, but whatever. This is why I should have more notes, but you're going to tell someone the truth if you really care about them. If you really love them, you'll speak truth to them. I know my wife really loves me. <laughs> Boy, does she speak a lot of truth to me. I don't want to hear it, but it's right. And initially I'm like, and then eventually I'm going, thank you. So, verse 30, Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor. What? How's that happening? Oh, they're stealing the affection, the attention, the devotion away from my word, and they're putting it on them, their dreams, their visions their book, their idols. Behold, verse 31, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who use their tongue and say, He says. Now this is, a, this is a tough one, because it's basically saying this, and this is one of those places where you just really have to understand the meaning in that culture. Let me see if I can frame it and explain it this way. It would be like saying, well, they said, when they didn't say it. And they're going around telling everyone, using their tongue, speaking for you, saying, well, that's what he said. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's misrepresentation at best, and deceit at worst. You're speaking and prophesying in my name? That I didn't say that. 
Behold, verse 32, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, key word, false, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. So, verse 33, when these people or the prophet or the priest ask you, saying, what is the oracle of the Lord? Oracle is a prophetic utterance. You shall then say to them, what oracle? This is a mocking. Oh, what's your, what's your prophecy update this week? What's your oracle? What's the oracle? It's a mocking. And then listen to to the Lord. He says, I will even forsake you, says the Lord. And verse 34, as for the prophet and the priest and the people who say, the oracle of the Lord, I will even punish that man and his house. Thus every one of you, verse 35, shall say to his neighbor and everyone to his brother, what has the Lord answered? And what has the Lord spoken? And the oracle of the Lord you shall mention no more, for every man's word will be his oracle. For you have perverted the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts, our God. You've made a mockery of it. You've profaned it. You've perverted it. That's it. No more. I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine. I'm going to shake the sand off of my slippers. Verse 37, <laughs> thus you shall say to the prophet, what has the Lord answered you? And what has the Lord spoken? But verse 38, since you say the oracle of the Lord, therefore thus says the Lord, because you say this word, the oracle of the Lord, and I have sent to you saying, do not say the oracle of the Lord. Therefore behold, verse 39, I, even I, will utterly forget you and forsake you and the city that I gave you and your fathers and will cast you out of my presence and I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. Here's what was happening. They're making a mockery out of these prophetic utterances. The oracle of the Lord, the prophetic utterance, the burden of the Lord. Here God has put on your heart, burdened your heart with this message, this burning like fire. And you proclaim it and it's met with mockery and ridiculing. It's kind of like the Apostle Peter. He said, this is what's going to mark the last days. There's going to be these scoffers and they're going to mock and they're going to mock you. What are they going to mock you about? Oh, they're going to mock you about the prophecy. What prophecy? What oracle? What prophetic utterance? What burden? When you get into Zechariah, depending on what translation you have, sometimes that word burden is translated prophecy. The burden of the Lord, Zechariah 12. The prophecy of the Lord. It's a, it's a burdensome thing, and it is a burdensome thing. It's heavy, man. What heavy thing you got for us this week, Jeremiah? Mock, mock, mock. 
Oh, I know. Wait, don't tell me. Jesus is coming. The rapture can happen at any time. <laughs> You've been saying that every week for how many years, dude? Mock, mock, mock. And the Lord says, oh really? That's, that's how you're going to be? Well, I'm going to have the final word on it. I will utterly forget you. That's how you're going to be? You're going to mock me? You're going to mock my prophet, who's been faithful at great cost and sacrifice. And he's being faithful to the burden, the prophecy, the utterance, the oracle that I put on his heart to speak. And this is how you're going to respond? Well, here's how I'm going to respond. Here's how I'm going to respond to how you respond. I'm going to cast you out of my presence. You want to reject this? I reject you. Oh, but the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, yes, He will. You leave Him and forsake Him, He'll forsake you. He's not going to force Himself on you. You reject the message, I reject you. You mock this, I mock you. I'm the one who has the last laugh. How the chapter ends, and you know my heart on this. I, I wish it didn't, but maybe it needs to. Maybe it needs to. Isn't it fitting, by the way? It needs to be hard, because it's a hammer. I need it to be hammered home. I need it to break me. I need it to burn me and turn me. So be it. If that's what it takes. You know, it could be argued that, hey, Relax, right? Man, you don't have to wear a mask anymore when you go to the store. Relax, peace. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. But that's the problem, isn't it? See, if things are kind of getting good again and normal again, then doesn't that just kind of lessen the burn. So all of a sudden now I'm kind of okay. No worry, no hurry. But boy, when, the, when everything was in full swing, we're like, oh Lord, that was good. That was good. But now it's kind of like, okay, we're cool. This good. We need the hammer. We need the fire. It is coming like a whirlwind. Makes you want to cry a little bit, doesn't it? You see what's coming and everybody just goes on their merry way. That was the mocking in Peter too. Everything goes on as it always has. Relax. Relax. Not repent. Not turn. Relax. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself in reliance and dependence on him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.